Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. This week, we're continuing the Christ-Centered Mentoring Series, and we're going to be talking about how to be relevant with sharing truth. Now, being relevant is a term that's been buzzing around Christian circles for the past decade or more, and I want to take a biblical look at what it really means to be relevant when we're sharing the gospel or sharing truth or seeking to mentor or disciple others. Before we jump in, I wanted to put a bug in your ear. If you are looking for a season to come away from busyness and cares and distractions and to sit at the feet of Jesus, immerse yourself in truth, connect with other like-minded believers from all around the world, consider joining us in 2023 at Ellerslie for one of our discipleship programs. We have two five-week programs and a week-long program, and this is just a powerful time of just being refreshed and revived in truths that will forever change your life, even if you grew up with the truth of God's word, sometimes just taking a season apart and freshly just diving even deeper into those truths can be transformative. And that's what we see at Ellerslie all the time. It's really powerful to see men and women of all ages, of all seasons and walks of life from literally all over the world come together with that singular passion for Jesus. So it's an incredibly refreshing time. If you're interested in joining us next year, go to ellerslie.com or click the link in this podcast description. So let's talk about how to be relevant when you're sharing truth. I remember being invited to speak to a women's event, and it was when I was maybe it was 10 or 15 years ago. And so a lot of the ladies there were older than me, some were younger than me. And this was a church they were used to having someone in their exact season of life be invited and to speak to them. So if they were in the empty nest years, they were used to an empty nester coming to speak to them. Or if they were a young mom, they were used to someone in that season of life coming to speak to them. And I wasn't really in the same season of life as a lot of these women, but the pastor's wife introduced me and she said, what we're doing in this women's event is we're coming together to rally around the truth of God's word. And because Leslie is going to be sharing from God's word, it's going to apply to every single one of us in every season of life that we might be in. And even if she's coming out of a different season than we're currently in, if we are rallying around the word of God, there will be something in it for us. And I thought that was really powerful because it is so true. If we want to know how to really be relevant, it all comes down to our emphasis on the word of God, the truth of the word of God. There are a lot of trendy ways to go about discipling and mentoring and sharing truth. There are trendy books, there are trendy blogs, trendy ideas that are floating around out there. And sometimes you can feel the pressure to think, well, if I'm not up with all that stuff, all the latest, you know, blogs and books and messages that are floating around and what people are, are really getting excited about or wanting to know more about, then I'm not going to be able to connect with them. Being relevant is this popular notion in the church today. And sometimes we get so caught up in, quote, being relevant that we actually become like the culture in order to reach it. We water truth down to the point where they don't really have any truth to grasp because we're so concerned about trying to connect with them at a different level rather than connecting with them around God's truth. I've been to women's events where the speaker was trying so hard to be relevant and funny and relatable that you walked away without even really knowing what she had said after a one-hour message. It was just words filling the space. It might have been a little entertaining, but there was definitely no life-changing truth to grip because she was trying so hard to be relevant in her own strength and it wasn't based in the word of God. If you want to be a relevant communicator of truth, center everything around Jesus Christ and the truth of his word, period. I remember an older woman, she was a grandma and she had not really lived a rough 
life at all. She had just grown up in a, you know, Christian home, a fairly sheltered life, raised a godly family. And God brought some troubled teenagers into her life. Now, these teens were coming from a very different place than this grandma had ever understood. They were on drugs. They had been into all sorts of really, really bad and heartbreaking situations. And I remember this one teenage girl. She was a teen mom. She had been on drugs. She just, she had a lot of struggles in her life. And when she talked about being mentored by this older grandma, she said, you know, we have absolutely nothing in common, but I love meeting with her. And the reason this troubled teen loved meeting with this grandma is because the grandma was passionate about the word of God. And she centered every conversation around the truth of the word of God. And she truly believed that there was an answer in the word of God for any and every struggle that this teenager could ever face. And as a result, this teen could relate to everything she was was saying, even though they had been, they had been down very different paths. So if you feel like you can't specifically relate to the situations of people that you are mentoring or discipling or people that you have a heart for, you can be encouraged that the most practical thing that you can do in your life to prepare to be relevant is to know the word of God, to fall in love with the word of God, and to share the word of God. And anytime we deviate from that and we try to become trendy and blend in a lot of human wisdom and psychology and buzzwords into what we're saying and doing, oftentimes we'll dilute the truth that they really need to hear. In this episode, I want to just share with you a few of some of the most common struggles that people today are facing and just give some examples of how to turn those struggles back to the word of God. Even if you have never personally walked through a struggle like this, there is an answer in the word of God that you can point them to. And I think that can be so freeing for those of us who want to be a godly influence, but we feel like, well, I've never been through that. I've never walked through that or I haven't been through that season, but we can point them to the word of God. And that is what makes everything we say relatable and relevant. So here are a few common challenges. And these are things I shared a long time ago, maybe five or six years ago on this podcast. But I really want to revisit them because I think it's so powerful just to see those practical examples of a problem, of a struggle, and then how do we immediately apply truth to that struggle. And the first struggle that you might often hear with people that you're mentoring is that God feels distant. A lot of women today desire to get close to God, but he feels distant and they really don't know why. A lot of times they'll even blame him. It's like, God isn't answering my prayers. God doesn't listen to me. God, I don't feel close to God. He's not, I'm trying, but he's not doing anything. A lot of women, even who grow up in Christian homes, want a relationship with God, but they don't know how to reach him. They've learned a lot about him throughout their life, but they've never really known him personally. And sometimes women who have grown up in the church even struggle with doubts like, I don't even know if Christianity is real because God feels distant and he's not answering my prayers. Well, a couple things there. First of all, they're basing their relationship with God on their feelings rather than on truth. But if we want to point someone who's struggling with that towards a biblical answer, the answer is found in Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me, God says, when you search for me with all your heart. It's very clear right there that the reason so many of us are not finding God is because we have to be willing to fully surrender to him, to lay our lives, to lay everything at his feet, to fix our gaze upon him without having divided focus, without seeking him and our own selfishness at the same time. To seek him with an undivided heart is the only way that women today are going to find him. And that is 
really a poignant and practical way to point someone to Jesus when they're saying, well, God feels distant. A lot of times, in fact, I would say 100% of the time when someone has said that to me, it's because their focus is divided. They're not truly seeking him with all their heart. They might think that they are, but when you really get down to it, have they fully laid everything at his feet? Have they fully walked in obedience to him? Are they willing for him to overtake every aspect of their life? Are they willing to not just fit him into their life, but build their life around him? Because the reality is, this is a promise in the word of God. When we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. Women will always feel that there is a distance between themselves and God until they are willing to come to that place of full surrender, of giving him everything and not just part of their lives. Again, it's not just fitting him in, but building their lives around him. So if you're if you're mentoring someone who is struggling with God feeling distant, that may not be a message they're ready to hear the first time you get together with them. You might hint at it. It might be something you have to lead them towards. But understanding that that is really the truth that they need. They don't just need you to think of a time in your life when God felt distant, even though that could be helpful, or they don't just need a really clever story or anecdote to help them. They need this truth that they will seek him and find him when they search for him with all of their heart. So some practical ways that you can communicate this to women in your life. If you think back to when you have felt the closest to God and some of the key heart attitudes that hallmarked that time in your life, Usually there will be a practical example of something you needed to surrender or obedience that you needed to walk in or just that full givenness to him. If you can tap into those those memories, those specific experiences and share that with these women that are struggling with God feeling distant, along with these scriptures that indicate God's promises that he can be found when we truly seek after him with an undivided heart, they will catch a vision of that something more in their relationship with Christ that they're desperately seeking and they'll realize that it is possible to find it. You can also share with them specific ways that you personally draw closer to Christ with an undivided heart. It might be things that God has asked you to lay down so that you can seek him more specifically, more more with an undivided heart, or it might be how do you maintain a surrendered heart on a daily basis and how does that impact your walk with Christ? Those are just some practical ways that you can begin to make it real and tangible for those you're sharing with. Another challenge that is very common to women is trying to find fulfillment through romance. A lot of times young women especially are desperately seeking approval from the opposite sex. And so often they'll make very bad decisions. They'll give their heart, their mind, their body to one guy after the next in this attempt to find fulfillment. And in our modern culture, it's not even necessarily guys. It can be same-sex attraction issues. But either way, it's, it's very common for women to be looking to a romantic relationship to fulfill them at the deepest level. Even married women can often look to their husband to meet needs in their heart that only Christ was meant to meet. The true answer, the biblical answer, is that we have to find fulfillment in Christ, and he is truly the only source of real fulfillment we could ever have. Jesus has to become our all in all. That's what it says in Ephesians 1.23. And it says in Psalm 107.9 that he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. The truth is that none of us will ever find the fulfillment that we are seeking outside of Jesus Christ. Romantic relationships, when they are led by God, when God is at the center of them, can be a blessing and a joy to our lives, but the deepest fulfillment that we are seeking can only be found in Jesus Christ. And building daily intimacy with him is the only thing that's ever going to truly satisfy us. 
And I've talked about that many times on this podcast before, but it's so important to recognize that the answer is right there in the word of God. He satisfies the longing soul. Some of the practical ways you could communicate this, maybe share how you personally cultivate daily intimacy with Christ and how that fulfills your desire for fulfillment and identity and security. How does your intimacy with Christ personally satisfy you at the soul level? Have you found contentment without or with a romantic relationship? And how has that played out in your life? You can share with women the specific ways that you draw closer to Jesus Christ every day. So what does a quiet time look for you? How do you build prayer and Bible study and worship into your daily life? And of course, if Jesus is not currently what you're building your life around, then you really can't communicate truth to women in your life until that becomes the reality in your life as well. Another key struggle is constant insecurity. Women today are often plagued with extreme insecurity, which leads to devastating choices in women's lives. We live in a society that is constantly sending the message, you're not good enough, you're not beautiful enough, you'll never be this, you'll never be that, and constantly dangling an unachievable standard in front of women today. So it's no wonder that we live in a society of women who are often very enslaved and in bondage to insecurity and have really made self-destructive choices to deal with that insecurity. Surprisingly, the biblical answer to this is self-denial. It's not building up their self-esteem. And we've talked about this in other episodes, but it's, it's fascinating to me that there really is a biblical answer to the struggle for insecurity and it's different than what many of us may think. Our typical solution is to want to build up a woman's self-esteem and tell her, you're good, you're beautiful just the way you are, you have all of this goodness inside of you, and try to get her to feel good about herself. If you read Ezekiel 16, it's a picture in scripture of God redeeming Israel, and it's also an incredible picture of what God does when he redeems a soul. This is a life that has been cast out into an open field with no beauty, no goodness, and God rescues this life and adorns that soul with his own beauty. And he makes this life, this child, this this person beautiful with his beauty. And it says, you are beautiful with my beauty, which I have bestowed upon you. And Charles Spurgeon also said it very well. There is no beauty in any of us, but what our Lord has worked in us. It's only when women realize that they are nothing and they have nothing outside of Christ that they can truly experience freedom from insecurity. It's the opposite of what we often think they need, but what they actually need is to understand how to die to self, not build up self. Die to self so that Jesus can take over and his beauty, his fulfillment, his confidence, his life, his joy, his peace can come flooding through their lives. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, you must learn to deny yourself, which means to lose sight of yourself and your own interests. And that is really where security and confidence comes from when we We find it not in ourselves, but in Christ. And some of the practical ways you can communicate this with women is to share specific ways that you have learned to find your identity in Christ. Don't just try to build up their self-esteem. Teach them what it looks like to die to self so that Christ can live in them and through them. Share how dying to self has changed your life and ways that God is continually challenging you to die to self in your life. How letting go of your own dreams and ambitions and pursuits and desires and the things that you were clinging to and thinking, oh, this is so important. This is what makes me who I am. How has letting those things go and choosing to lay down your own agenda changed you? How has it freed you from insecurity? When you share the message of self-denial with the women in your life, you will be able to reach them with the message that they really need to hear, which is that the true solution for their insecurity 
is not self-esteem, but getting out of the way so that Jesus can be seen in and through their lives. Another challenge women often face today is a lack of purpose. They want to do something meaningful with their lives, but they don't know what. They don't know how to do something meaningful with their lives. A lot of times they don't want to be wasting their lives just sitting around on social media and just doing shallow, trivial things, but they don't really know what they are supposed to be doing to live a life that counts. And we have a glut of people in this country, Christians even, without any kind of spiritual employment. And oftentimes Christianity, modern Christianity, does them a great disservice to make them think that the Christian life is all about them. The biblical solution to lack of purpose is embracing a poured out life. We are all called to live a poured out life. As it says in James 1.27, talks about pure religion and undefiled before God is to visit widows and orphans in their distress. And in Matthew 25.40, Jesus says that whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. And so often women today are obsessed with trying to find their destiny, their purpose, taking personality tests, trying to express themselves on social social media and on blogs and figuring out what makes them unique and special and trying to find identity there. But truly, they're only going to find purpose when they are about their father's business, when they're building the kingdom of heaven, when they're going where Jesus goes, when they're doing the things that Jesus does, when they allow themselves to become his hands and his feet to the lost and dying world around them. One of the things that can be so practical in mentoring relationships is to help women prepare for a purposeful life by reminding them that when they gave their lives to Jesus Christ, there are actually good works that he prepared in advance for them to do, as it says in Ephesians 2.10. You can share specific ways that you personally have learned or are still learning to turn outward and to live a poured out life and how it has affected your sense of purpose and fruit in your life, and then offer practical suggestions of where maybe they could start. It's really important for younger girls to know that they're never too young to start living a poured out life. They can reach out to a lonely neighbor. They can reach out to elderly in their community or their church. They can serve their family at home in a sacrificial way. Or you're never too old to live a poured out life. I've met so many lovely older women who felt like, oh, you know, I'm, I've passed the years where I can really do anything for God. And yet just simply making themselves available and saying, this life is not about me and saying, Lord, show me, open my eyes to the opportunities, the good works that you prepared in advance. God gives a tremendous amount of ministry opportunities in any season of our lives if we make ourselves available to him. There are always ways to serve and turn outward and give and pour out. And I've told the story before on this podcast of two elderly women in Scotland who were housebound. One was nearly blind. One was crippled. And they were in their 80s. They were very much in poor health. And yet they had a burden to reach their community. And they recognize we're not helpless. We can pray. They began praying morning, noon, and night and crying out to God for a revival. And because of their faithful prayers, God brought an amazing revival to their island. And so don't underestimate your season of life, your age. If you have physical limitations, you're never unable to pour outward and turn outward and serve. And you can find incredible sense of purpose when you are busy about your father's business, not just for the sake of doing good things and being busy doing spiritual things, but saying yes to the specific steps of obedience that God brings into your life. And so that is the vision we need to be casting to those we are mentoring. If you're mentoring someone who just has a lot of personal struggles, difficult family situations, difficult friendships, difficult circumstances, unique situations, past hurts and past uh, devastations and heartbreaks. 
one of the biblical solutions to this is to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's really easy, and we'll talk about this in future episodes, it's very easy for someone who's going through a unique struggle or difficulty to kind of give them a poor you, self-pity kind of message. But God's grace and strength is not to be downplayed. And sometimes when we cultivate a poor you attitude versus be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, we cause them to miss out on the amazing gift of the grace of God to enable them to do what they could never do on their own. No matter what the problem is that someone's facing, there is always an answer in the word of God. So even if you don't know how to respond to a specific struggle or a specific circumstance, tell the person you're mentoring, let's search the word of God together for his truth that we can apply to this situation because there is always an answer in the word of God. There is no situation that is outside of what can be transformed by the grace and power and truth of Jesus Christ. My challenge to you this week is to take your own cares and concerns to the word of God and to let him show you his amazing, liberating truth to apply to your situation and your unique struggles. That is how you're going to be relevant in any and every ministry situation that you're in. Fall in love with the word of God. Study his word. Seek your own answers in his word. And when you do, you will always have something rich and relevant to offer others. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. To go deeper into what it means to live a set-apart and Christ-centered life, visit us at setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.